Welcome to the Making Waves at Sea Level podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we will explore the interesting stories of business executives, entrepreneurs, and industry leaders who are shaking things up and growing their companies. It is time to make some waves. Now, here's your host, Tom Singer. Hey there, you have found another episode of Making Waves at Sea Level. I started this podcast six and a half years ago as a way for me to have access to really smart people who were doing cool things. I thought I would do about 50 episodes, and along the way, the podcast took off. It was originally called Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. We changed the name to Making Waves at Sea Level about a year ago when I took a job with an executive search firm focusing on helping companies place executives in their C-suite and VP-level positions that are going to make waves and change their companies and their industries. And every single week, I bring interesting conversations with people who work up and down the career ladder and ideas that are going to help inspire people who are trying to change their companies for the better. And today's going to be one of those episodes, but before we get started, I've got a little commercial for you. I'm going to plug another podcast. And I know you're thinking, Tom, why would you talk about another podcast? It's because I'm the host of that show as well. I'm very fortunate. I have been asked and I have partnered with the National Speakers Association to launch their brand new podcast called Speakernomics. And we have launched that show and we are interviewing the smartest, most successful people in and around the world of professional speaking, people who use the spoken word as speakers, trainers, coaches, consultants, podcasters, etc., to find out how can speakers make more money using the spoken word. And the motto of that show is speak, get paid, repeat. So go subscribe to Speakernomics wherever you get your podcast love. All right, so today we're going to talk about something that's very important in companies and outside of companies to help people grow their careers. We're going to talk about mentorship. But really, what is mentorship? How do you find a mentor? What makes a good mentor? And what does the mentee have to do to make sure that the relationship works well? And today I have two guests. For those of you who listen regularly to Making Waves at Sea Level, you've heard me talk about these guys before. These are two guys, I kind of call them my fake sons now because they've been around over eight years. I can't seem to get rid of them. But uh, eight years ago, they were both kind of freshly out of college, growing their careers. I met them separately and they both asked me a question that I found interesting. And that was, would you be my mentor? I wasn't even sure exactly what that meant. Now, I've had some great mentors in my life who have shown me the way, but I don't think I had ever formally asked that question. But because they both asked the question within two weeks of each other, I found that to be very interesting, and I gave them both the same answer. I'm not sure what that means, but you're welcome to call me as often as you want. And eight years later, they still call, and we've developed a pretty good friendship. Uh, They have met each other. They've become really good friends, and we talk about this topic all the time because they've both been extremely successful in their careers and their friends come to them and ask them, why are you kicking ass? Why are you doing all this? And one of their answers, in addition to hard work and being smart gentlemen, one of their answers is, I have a really good mentor who's helped me along the way. And their friends are like, how do I find a mentor? And so we talk about this all the time because it's not an easy answer and it's not something that companies are doing well when it comes to providing internal mentorship programs. And out in the wild, How does somebody even find a mentor? So today, we are talking to Jake Push, who is a sales software executive. He helps connect people to solve their biggest business problems with the software that he represents in the technology world. 
And we're talking to Nicodemus Abud, Abud, and he works for a private water and wastewater company, and he handles growth for that company in Texas. So, Jake, Nicodemus, welcome to Making Waves at Sea Level. Thanks, Alex. Good to be here, Tom. So Appreciate it. Nick, let's start with you. So, what led you to saying, hey, Tom, would you be my mentor? Was this something that came up in college? How did this all come about that you thought, I need mentors to help me grow? Sure. So, our professor uh, in college actually recommended your book. And not he not only recommended, he made it a requirement of his class and then gave us extra extra credit to actually go to one of your presentations that you were doing in San Antonio. Um, so I read your book. I went to your presentation. I met you at the presentation. And then I think that's when I asked you the question of, hey, you live in Austin. Do you mind if I follow up when I'm in Austin next? I want to move to Austin. And frankly, I want to get into the real estate industry. And you know people in the real estate industry. Um, and then, you know, actually backing up just a little bit, uh, when, when we read your book, I was part of a young leaders organization in college of real estate, young leaders organization. And I asked my professor if, uh, because, you know, when we read the book, Tom's a nationwide speaker. And I asked my professor, I said, do you think Tom would even answer my email if I sent him an email and asked him to come give a personalized speech to this, you know, young leaders group. And my professor's response was, why not? Why would you not just send the email anyways? I'm like, that's a great point. Sent the email, Tom answered two hours later, fast forward eight years. He's now, you know, a great part of my life. So, so, so the thing I remember about meeting you at that speech where, where the professor, I always liked it. He said, anybody who comes to see this speaker is going to get like three extra points on the final. And so all the aggressive students who wanted a couple of extra points all came to, to the speech. But I remember you came up to me and you're like, wow, you're, the, you're like the best speaker I've ever seen. And I remember telling you, you're young. You'll see more. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly right. So, Jake, same question to you. What made you think you needed mentors to be able to succeed in your career? Yeah. So I have a pretty unique story when it comes to finding a mentor, Tom, as you know. So I I moved to Austin, Texas about seven years ago. Uh, Let's call it 2014. And I was working at Enterprise Rent-A-Car, for those who know. It's uh, basically business boot camp. And I uh, moved here not knowing anybody. Uh, So, you know, I was just, you know, hustling, getting after it every day. Um, You know, I was actually for those, for those familiar with Austin, I was living in South Austin off of William Cannon commu- uh, commuting all the way North to round rock every single day, just to, um, collect a paycheck from, uh, enterprise rent a car. But Tom, I met you at a Starbucks and I was actually preparing for an interview to be a pharmaceutical sales rep, uh, because what's the movie with Jake Gyllenhaal love and other drugs. I, I watched that movie and I, I thought it was pretty cool. Um, but I was prepping for that interview and I just asked you, you know, you, you look pretty innocent, right? And I had to use the restroom. So I was like, Hey, can you watch my stuff? And that led into a conversation and we, we got to know each other just at a Starbucks in the Barnes and Noble. And I was, you know, prepping for my interview and I'll never forget, uh, you know, telling you what I was doing. And then you ran out to your car to grab two of your books and you gave me your phone number and I was like, wow, um, this guy's an author. 
I'm brand new to Austin and I'm about ready to take over this, this whole new world of pharmaceutical sales. Well, it turns out I didn't get the job, but we stayed in touch and you know, that, um, that, that story kind of resonates with me because, you know, since then we've become really good friends. I've met uh, really smart uh, people like Nicodemus uh, just through staying in touch and, uh, you know, asking for your time and, you know, at the same time, you know, adding value to, to you and, and your, your life as well. So it's really turned into a, 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 just a friendship in general. So why do you guys think it's important to have mentors in your life. And I know you've had other people in companies you've worked for and stuff like that who've, who've stepped into similar type roles. Why do you think for someone who is building a career, why is mentorship important? Nick? Yeah, so <laughs> I, I'm i not like most, uh, I would say, people in our generation that I'm not afraid to ask for help and then also uh, learn from other people's mistakes. Like that is my biggest thing that I feel like has helped advance me and my growth is I ask people who are older and wiser than me, um, what mistakes they've made and how can I avoid those mistakes without having to go make those myself? Um, that has been incredibly valuable. And Tom has, you know, obviously experienced a lot more life than us and, uh, seen things and is that, able that's, to do That's his way of saying I'm old, but go on. <laughs> I, I said it politically correct. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, uh, you know, I would say with Tom and with any, any older person in my life, that's always one of the questions that I ask when they even tell a story about a mistake that they've made. I've said, I ask them, you know, how, how can I not make that mistake and how can you help kind of guide me? And the analogy that I always give is, you know, it's almost like you're, you're bowling and uh, a mentor is somebody who puts up those bumpers for you and says, you're going to bounce off this wall and that wall, but I'll get you to the strike or I'll at least get you, get you some pins knocked down. So yeah, it's always good. So Jake, is this something that in college you went to Penn state? Is this something that they taught you in college? Like, you know, be on the lookout for mentors. Why do you think it's important? And where did you come up with the idea? Well, no, they, they don't really teach us in college, right? It's not, it's not like a class. It's just one of those unspoken uh, strategies that, that most people don't talk about. But if you listen to any podcast or documentary, you know, these successful entrepreneurs, businessmen, actors, you know, whoever, they typically have a mentor. And I kind of came, came up to, you know, with this idea, you know, to, to uh, Nick's point, you, you know, you're going to fail in life and whatever you do in your career, it's, it's inevitable, but it's extremely important to, learn from those mistakes and learn from those failures and, and having a mentor just helps with the process. It's, it's, it's always um, a good idea to understand, you know, what career do you want and who do you know in that specific space, like in sales, for example. And I remember always going to you, like after I, I got out of the enterprise rent a car um, career and always asking questions and following up and, you know, just trying to avoid wasting time and, and, you know, making those costly mistakes and, and a mentor could really guide you, uh, to that specific path, even though, I mean, you're, you're, you're not a, a professional seller, right. You know, you're, you're a, a professional speaker. Um, but you know, I, I think a mentor, it's extremely important just to have that, um, 
that guidance uh, to save time and, you know, just, just to run specific scenarios uh, by you as well. Yeah. So throughout my life, I've had other people ask me, Hey, would, you know, would you be my mentor? And I give them the same answer. You're welcome to call. And most people never call again. Like I've probably had five or six other conversations with people and they've never followed up and maybe I'm not the right fit. Maybe after we've talked, they're like, Hey, this guy's a clown. But what advice do you have for your friends who say, and I know that your friends have asked you this question, you know, how how do I find a mentor? What do you tell them to look for? I would say I'll start and I would just say that there's no, uh, <laughs> there's no, and I'm sure the engineer brains are, are saying, what's the formula to find a mentor? There's no formula. Um, really, you just have to ask for help. And in general, people are willing to help. Like if you say, hey, I don't know this, I'd like to know this or be become more educated in this subject. In general, people will help you. And uh, I think that the basis of that thinking is kind of what got me aligned with you, Tom, is that like, look, I'm a young guy in college just trying to learn everything about the world that I don't know. And also I'm trying to get some connections in Austin and you just happen to live in the city and know some real estate people. Chad Gold, Goldwasser being one of them, um, you know, and introduce me. And then I will take those connections from there and I will go ask those same people the same questions I'm asking you. What mistakes have you made? What can you teach me so I don't make those mistakes? And uh, who can you introduce me to? And and I mean, that's, that's yeah. So Jake, what would, what would you tell a friend who was looking for a mentor? I would tell them, hey, there, there's no blueprint uh, for finding a mentor. And don't give up. You know, a, a lot of times... You know, I, I often hear, oh, I mean, I reached out to Tom or I reached out to Chad or I reached out to, to Brad one time and, and that was it. You know what I mean? And, and, that, and I, I feel like that's where a lot of uh, mentees, if you will, fall short. You know, they don't follow up and, you know, do their homework and identify the rock stars, um, you know, that, that are doing what they want to do. Uh, like, I'll give you an example. You know, I mean, a, a lot of companies fall short. Uh, like a large tech giant, I won't name the name, but I used to work at, had a mentor program where you'd get together, you know, once a week and you would just check the boxes and just say, oh yeah, this is how you log notes in Salesforce or this is how you do this. But that added really no value uh, in my life. Right. So um, the, the, you know, the advice I give is just to you know, understand what you want to do and understand the rock stars that are doing that, uh, within, within Austin or Milwaukee or whatever city you're living and reach out and ask for coffee and don't be scared to do it. So Jake brings up a really interesting point and that is a lot of companies, technology and other have sort of formal or informal mentor programs, but the ones that I've seen fall short the exact way that Jake said, and that is that, People get assigned, but they never do anything. Maybe they don't have that initial connection to be able to build the relationship anyway. And even if they do, nobody really does anything with it. They have sort of the assigned once a month, you know, come into my office, we'll check that box and that's it. What I tell everybody is that if you want to grow a real relationship where the the mentor is there to help and advise, the mentee has to drive that relationship early on, which means they have to call. They have to call again. They have to reach out within the parameters that you've set up. I mean, you don't want to call somebody too often, 
But at the same time, if you just wait too long, then then no relationship actually occurs. So I always like liken back when people ask me about my relationship with either one of you, I say they had to drive the boat that first, I don't know, six months or a year. I couldn't just call them and go, hey, I haven't heard from you in a while. I'd like to mentor you today. That that would be somewhat creepy and awkward. But if they were facing something in, in their career or their personal life and they're like, hey, can I talk to you about this? You know, Sometimes I couldn't always take the call at the moment that they called, but I'd be like, yeah, I'll get back to you in three hours or whatever. And so you have to be able to establish that pattern where, you know, the mentee is constantly reaching out and then also following up about the advice. The one thing you both did really well early on was if I would give you some advice or I would introduce you to somebody, you would always call me back and tell me what happened with that. Didn't mean you followed my advice. Didn't mean it was necessarily always the right advice. Or it didn't mean that when you'd follow up with somebody I introduced you to that you ended up with a great connection, but you always would report back. And I I think that's a real important thing. So going back to these corporate programs that that exist out there, you know, a lot of them stink and you've, you've either been in them yourself or you've seen friends who've been connected through those. Why do you think those programs suck? Yeah, I've been through several, several of these uh, mentor programs within corporations. I, and I, think it's, 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 um, it's an assignment that you get, right. It's a task that you get at at work. And it's, again, you're just checking the boxes. It's not like a, like, like a natural thing, right. That's, that's, uh, that's happening, right. It's, it's like, Oh, you know, here's a a mentor program. You're going to be working uh, with James and he's going to show you the ropes around here. Um, but it, you know, a lot of times those programs fall short because, it, you know, a lot the, I myself felt, okay, this is just another task that I have to complete. This is just another box. I need to check. I, I have to have this meeting. Um, but I, you know, it, it just, there, there's no accountability, you know, for the mentee, you know, to really drive that relationship. And it's, it's almost, it's like forced, you know, it's just, there's really no other way to put it. Well, and if the mentor's heart isn't in it, if his boss put that on his objectives for the year is you're going to have a mentee, if his heart isn't in it and he doesn't like her or he doesn't like him at that level where he wants to be fully engaged, it's never going to be a real, a real connection anyway. Well, I mean, I can add to that and say that, you know, Jake has worked for the big fancy tech firms. I've worked for home building and land development firms, which in general, the industry is very antiquated. Um, and just very old school where I didn't have assigned mentors. We didn't have programs that said, Hey, young guy pair up with this older person. It just was not available. So I had to go seek it out on my own. And I would also add to kind of the conversation that we're having earlier is that, um, definitely in our generation, you know, and, and as generations are getting younger, we expect instant gratification and we get it from our cell phones all day, every day. And we expect that in the real world and from our business relationships. And I can relate that to following up because a lot of people, you know, they, they, they make an ask and then they won't follow up on that ask. And they don't get that instant gratification from that ask. Then it's kind of dead. You know, they don't, they don't ever drive it to the ground. Like a lot of people, you know, Tom and your generation are used to and just, having that grit and determination and getting it done until it's done. Uh, so I would say that's, that's definitely uh, valuable and that's, that's important when, uh, when 
looking for a mentor or even having a mentor? Yeah. If I could piggyback off of that, uh, Nicodemus just made a fantastic point. Our generation is lazy. I mean, just to sum it up, they're just flat out lazy. I mean, you know, I I talk to people my age that are trying to, you know, sell software or become a a director or, you know, whatever they're trying to do. And I ask, well, who all do you know that's doing that? And, and, you know, who are you working with? Um, Who are you, who are you surrounding yourself by? And, you know, to, to Nicodemus's point, it's, it's the, uh, you know, a lot of people our age just expect things to happen, right? I mean, you have to be a go-getter when it comes, this whole mentor concept. You have to you have to own the relationship, and you have to continue following up, and and that's where a lot of people fall short. So, a lot of people think, well, why do I need a like a formal mentor or someone outside my company? Shouldn't my supervisor, my boss, shouldn't my boss be my mentor? Uh, what is your thoughts about that? I would say that, and I've learned this, you know, in, in a couple of my previous roles or previous companies, in corporate America, people you work with and sometimes the closest people that you work with, you don't always like each other. Like, just flat out, people in corporate America, like, yes, and, and I'm talking even high-level C-suite guys, the CEO may not always get along with the CFO. I mean, just people are people, and sometimes people don't like people. Um, so it, it's you having your direct boss as your mentor sometimes is not the best option, really. Um, you know, having some, somebody outside of your company and somebody even outside of your industry to give you that perspective um, and really be able to guide you in just a general business sense sometimes is better than your direct boss. Yeah, and I think that one of the interesting things about that is is that sometimes people you work with, they don't have your best interest at heart. If you really develop a great relationship with a mentor, you should know and you should trust that that person has your back. And sometimes there's internal politics inside a company. I mean, there's a lot of examples of people having great mentors inside the company they work for, but there's also a lot of examples of people's bosses having their own agenda and throwing people under the bus. So if you're expecting your boss, you know, to be that person who's guiding you, it might happen, but you also could end up with the opposite. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, a lot of corporate America is driven on profits and, uh, and most managers have bonus incentives tied to performance. And so at the end of the day, you know, that manager sometimes, you know, like it or not, they have their own interests and their own bonus, you know, at mind with every decision and everything they do. And they sometimes even look at you as, okay, I've got a time commitment, time commitment to this guy for this hour. And how much money is he going to make me or how is he going to affect my bottom line, which is unfortunate reality. All right. I've got more questions and I think we have more to talk about on this topic, but first I have to thank the sponsor of this episode. So this episode is brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. They set you up with the right equipment, training, and guidance to ensure you sound amazing. Podfly does all the heavy lifting and that pesky technical work so that you can focus on creating great content, growing your audience, and interviewing people who are making waves in business like Nicodemus Abowd and Jake Push. Hey, if you want to start a podcast... And I know that some of you do. Jump over to podfly.net slash cool things and check out the offer that they have 
for the listeners of this show. All right, so Jake, Nick, let's talk about this a little bit, a little bit deeper now. So, what are what are the best traits of a mentor? And and you don't have to praise me. I don't, this isn't like stroke my back. But what are the best things someone should look for in a mentor? I'll, I'll start if you don't mind. Um, I would say the best traits or the best uh, things that a mentor can do for the mentee or at least in my experience has been the mentor being real and being honest with the mentee. <clears throat> and Tom, I will relate this back to you because uh, you <laughs> make some really funny jokes, but you know, I'll call you upset about something that happened at work or whatever. And you pretty much tell me, get over it and uh, go cuddle a puppy, you know, because a lot of our generation, um, you know, they even like in colleges have like, bunny centers or puppy centers where they bring in puppies and bunnies for these kids to like coddle. Um, and, and some of the best advice that you've given me is like just toughen up, uh, in, in, in general, a mentor saying things that, you know, probably the kids' parents would never tell them. Like my mom would probably not tell me some of the stuff that you tell me, um, you know, and, and be more direct. And it's like, almost what do you have to lose? Like, you know, you're not, you're not my direct parent. So it's, it's, it's a way better dynamic that you can say things that maybe I don't always want to hear, uh, that, that, uh, that progresses me in my career and in life. Yeah. I mean, it, it's the unbiased feedback, really. It, it's the most value. That's the most valuable, um, characteristic and trait that, that I get, you know, from, uh, you know, this mentorship. I mean, it's, you know, if you ask your mom something or your dad something, you, you might get feedback, but it's probably going to be biased. Or if you ask a friend the same question, it's also going to be biased. But if you have that mentor, um, you know, that, that you work so hard to find and establish, right, that, that relationship, you're going to get that unbiased feedback. And I think another good characteristic is responsiveness. Um, you know, like I know, like our relationship, you've always been extremely responsive, uh, whether it's a question I have about a opportunity or, or deal I'm working on or an interview that I have, or, you know, maybe things aren't going well with my uh, manager or my uh, direct report. Um, and, you know, having that unbiased uh, feedback and, and you being responsive has, has been extremely uh, valuable in my life. So I, I actually have six tips that I think are important for the mentor and so I'll just kind of jump in right now and share those. So, so number one, I think the mentor has to be dedicated and enthusiastic when it comes to the relationship. It can't be my boss told me I have to mentor you, or it can't be like, yeah, whatever this, this, this young woman called me and, and wants a mentor or whatever. I'm, I'm glad to do it. You have to be excited about the person. If you're not dedicated to them, or you're not enthusiastic about building that relationship and helping guide them, then I think it'll always fall short. It'll always be somewhat stale. The second tip is I think the mentor has to be a good fit for who that person wants to be down the line. So you can have mentors in different areas of your life. You don't have to have a single mentor, but if you want to, you know, be a manager, you know, having a mentor who manages people is probably important. If, if you want to be a well-rounded, good person, you know, that's an important thing as well. So looking to how does this person, how do I admire them and how do they fit in that, that I want to be like them because they inspire me to be a better a better worker or a better person. The third tip is I think that the mentor has to be a good listener 
on one hand, and then tip number four is they have to be willing to give that advice. But I think there's a time when the mentor has to shut up and really let the mentee talk about what's going on in their career, in their personal life, whatever issues that they're facing, and just let them talk. Sometimes people can solve a lot of problems by just talking it through. So I think the mentor has to be willing to listen. But tip number four is they have to be willing to give that unbiased and sometimes harsh feedback. And, you know, that harsh feedback sometimes is, yeah, that's the way the world is. You know, you get to cry for 10 minutes and then you toughen up. And, you know, I've, I've told you both that lots of times. And I think that that is important that the mentor is willing to share their feedback and share their advice in sort of a tough love kind of way. Uh, and number five fits right in with that. And that is that I think the mentor has to push the mentee. Now, not too hard, but I think that they have to be able to push them out of their comfort zone and make them see things from a different perspective. Uh, I don't think mentors always have to be older. I've had people who've mentored and helped me who've been younger than I am. The two of you, in some ways, mentor me in certain things. But I think that when we look at the sort of traditional older uh, experienced businessman or businesswoman to the younger up-and-coming businessman or businesswoman, I think that uh, that person has to you know, have a little bit of perspective that the mentee doesn't have on their own and, and be willing to, to, to give them that nudge to see the world a little differently. And that leads into the sixth tip. And I think that is the mentor age doesn't matter, but they have to have experience in life. Uh, you know, sometimes I see people who are life coaches who are 19 years old, and I think that's awesome. You know, who are you life coaching? Uh, because, you know, I'm sure there are examples where they're great, but I don't see a 19 year old life coach, you know, telling me how to plan for retirement. So that's probably not where I would go. I would want to look to somebody who is my age or older who has done a really good job of making those plans. So those are sort of my six tips on what makes a good mentor and what the mentee should be looking for in that. Anything either of you want to add to that? Yeah, um, I was just going to say that, you know, Tom, you bring up a good point because a mentor, you know, some people, I think they look very linear, linearly at a mentor and say that this mentor needs to be in my industry and, only focused on like, for example, I'm in real estate, right? Uh, real estate utility work. Um, Tom, you're not in either of those yet. You've single-handedly been the biggest mentor and guidance career counselor, if you will, uh, for my career. And I don't only call you about business. I call you about family and friends and relationships and how do I handle this? And Tom, you know, you probably, you have probably seen this rodeo play out before, how do you think this ends and where do you recommend I kind of make my next move, uh, which has been really helpful. And then another point that I was thinking about is as you were talking is, you know, when you get a mentor that's outside of your company or outside of your industry, or, or basically when you just take out that money exchange aspect of, you know, we're in the same business together and I'm compensated off of how well you do. Um, it, it really kind of opens you up to like some serendipitous uh, advice so. And, and that's why I think sometimes, you know, people can hire a business coach. I do coaching for people, but it's a different relationship than I have with the two of you. I think that when you have a relationship that doesn't have that exchange of money and you can build that friendship, you can build that connection. I think it does bring a different level than just hiring a coach. I am pro hiring a coach, but I think sometimes the right answer is finding that person who's just invested human to human without that financial exchange. So I think that's a good I think that's a good point too. Jake, anything to add? 
Yeah. Yeah. As you were talking, you said something about a 19 year old claiming that they're a coach. I, I would say be cautious of, you know, when you're on LinkedIn or any other social media platform where, where you see all these gurus claiming to be gurus, you know what I mean? I mean, it's all over the place. Um, you know, just, just be, have your guard up against that and, and know who you're talking to and, you know, have that relationship built because I mean, you'll, you'll see like in sales, for example, there's all types of people that are claiming to, uh, you know, make, make the money quick idea, right. Or gain value quick, but just be cautious of that. So, you know, it's interesting because I think most people who have a mentor-mentee relationship don't become as close of friends as I've become with the two of you. I think that we're sort of the outlier. So in trying to counsel people on how do you find a mentor, I always say that we're not the best example because I joke and I, I call you my fake sons. My, my, my wife invites you for Father's Day. So, you know, we definitely have, have a good kinship that most people would never have. However, I think that people out there can build relationships with their mentor that at least become sort of, if not lifetime, at least a long time uh, important connection. So as we wrap up this interview, what are some thoughts you have for people who are looking at, all right, I'm into this. I want this. What do they need to do? What do people need to do to build that relationship with someone who can guide them? Yeah, I can, I can start off. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, first and foremost, it's the outreach, you know, like, what do you want to do? And how many contacts do you know that are doing that? And, you know, how can you find those people? Um, so being relentless in the outreach, I think is number one. Uh, number two is the first meeting, um, you know, set your expectations, communicate your why, your purpose, um, you know, define, you know, kind of how the relationship works for you. And, and also, you know, ask, you know, the mentor, um, the prospective mentor, you know, how can I help you and establish next steps because it's on the mentee, right? Uh, number three, I would say is own the relationship and, and drive, you know, the communication and, and drive the conversation because, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's, uh, it's up to us, right. Uh, as the mentee, um, to grab coffee or maybe grab a beer. Um, but you know, just, just really set the parameters as to how you want this relationship to work and, you know, how, you know, how can you help your, your mentor as well? Which leads me to my fourth point is provide value, you know, because, um, it, what's interesting about our relationships is, uh, it's cross-generational. So there's things that we come across in our day to day that adds value to what you're doing, Tom. And of course, you know, through your, um, experience, uh, there's always value that, that you give us when, whenever we meet or give you a phone call, but ultimately the ownership is on the mentee. And that's what I really want to leave the audience with that, uh, because the responsibility is on the mentee to really own the relationship and drive it. Yeah, no, I'll piggyback off that. Um, really these relationships are what you make them and there's no set defined mentor mentee relationship. What you put into the relationship is what you get out of. And I'll use the example of you and I, Tom, if I would have met you in that seminar and then never called you in Austin, we wouldn't even be talking right now. And I wouldn't know half the people that I know in Austin, Jake and I would have never met. I mean, et cetera, et cetera. You can kind of look at exponentially how that works, but you get out of the relationship once you put into it. 
and it really is what you make it. It can be all or it can be nothing, and it's really dependent on efforts from both the mentor and the mentee. And to really drive home Jake's point of add value, I think that comes from both people. Both people need to look at the other side and say, how can I add value to them? You know, Tom, you look at us and say, how can I add value to both of these young men? Jake and I look at you. How can we add value to you? And, and you know, whatever that looks like, that's TBD with the two, you know, with the mentor and the mentee. Well, and it comes back to what I teach everybody, and that is that all opportunities in life come from people. And so right. when you can cross paths and build a relationship with people, you don't know what the long, the long payoff of that relationship is. Cause they could, somebody could be in your life for a short amount of time, but they introduce you to somebody who changes your whole world or somebody could be in your life for a long time and introduce you to a lot of people who change your whole world. And it really has to do with this, this whole acceptance that friendships and business relationships are more than likes, links, shares, and follows. We have to have that human connection. So if anyone's listening and you, you think, hey, my company has talked about a mentorship program, or if you think we have a mentorship program and nobody in it has ever developed a relationship where they've ever even gone outside for lunch, uh, talk to us. We're actually putting together some material to help companies put together a better mentorship program and to help individuals who want to find a mentor be able to get there. So you can reach out to me through Tom at TomSinger.com and uh, I can put you in touch with the, uh, or I can put you in touch with the, uh, the, the content that we're writing and putting together on that. And we would love to talk to your company uh, if there's a way that we could help you devise a mentor program where it can be valuable rather than just a box that get checked, gets checked. So Jake Nicodemus, Thanks for being here on Making Waves at Sea Level. Any final words? Go get it. Don't wait around. <laughs> That's all I've got. Thanks, Tom. Yeah, I, I, I'd like to say, you know, we, we live in a world of, of social media and that's the fast food of real human connection. Get out of that trap and then build real relationships and, and be, be the connector in your community and good things will follow. Awesome. And for those of you who might have a little silver gray around the temples, if you're not mentoring somebody, you actually can learn a lot by trying to help somebody else navigate their path, whether it's in their career or their life. So be open to it. When someone says, hey, would you be my mentor? Tell them, yeah, you can call me whenever you want. It could change your life for the better as well as impact them. So thank you everybody for tuning in to this episode of Making Waves at Sea Level. I'm here every Tuesday and Thursday. I interview really interesting people doing cool stuff. Uh, but go out there, flex your entrepreneurial business muscles. Make sure that your career ladder is against the correct wall because you don't want to climb the career ladder only to find out you were doing it in the wrong place. I know because I did that because I didn't have the right mentors when I was in my 20s and 30s. But I will tell you, while you're out there doing all this, make sure you have some fun along the way. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Making Waves at Sea Level podcast. Without your listening to these in-depth conversations, there would be no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter and Instagram at TomSinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.